If you live in the South Metro area and have been looking for top-notch customer service, extensive beer, wine, and spirit selections, and unbeatable prices, look no further than Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. You won't find a more varied inventory anywhere else. Don't just take it from me, guys. This is Michael, and he's been shopping at Davidson's since they opened. The thing I like about Davidson's versus the competitors, it has a larger selection. And if I am going to buy Spirit, then Davidson's is usually my first choice as well because just of the size of the selection. I also like the extensive selection of some hard-to-find items. But that's not all. Every department is staffed with highly trained specialists who can help you find exactly what you're looking for. I've always found the folks that you chat with to be knowledgeable. I've chatted with the spirit staff about different bourbons and different vodkas, and I am always chatting with the wine staff about different things and saying, I like this, what else do you have that's similar? Particularly when I go to non-U.S. wines, I find them extremely helpful and helping me find something I'm looking for. What are you waiting for? Head to either of their locations in Centennial or Highlands Ranch and follow them on Facebook to stay up to date on their latest specials. And go in the air, deep right center field. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, watch it go Chuck Nasty. Two-run home run, David Dahl. Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love tonight. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by The Green Solution. Visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or browse their entire inventory online at MyGreenSolution.com. Reserve products online and pick up at your local TGS Express checkout. You'll be in and out in minutes. Use code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. Now, let's jump into the show. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. I am the managing editor of DNVR Rockies, and with me today is no longer our super intern... But not for bad reasons, for good reasons. Kale Sorbo has joined the staff here as a video producer at DNVR. I have. have. We're doing the live right now. Sorry, I'm trying to, speaking of video (laughs) producing, I'm trying to get this shot locked. Love it. Love it. Always working, (laughs) uh, doing things, getting it done. Okay, I'm I'm focused in here now. (laughs) So yeah, I am. Uh, Today is my first day on as a full-time member of the DNVR staff. Um, been here for a couple months now, sort of behind the scenes for people who, um, have been paying super close attention. Um, you've been behind the camera, yeah, behind the camera, uh, a lot of times and have been helping out with a bunch of different stuff. A bunch of the video content you've seen, um, come out recently has been, um, some of my work, a lot of stuff I've been doing with both Ali Monroy and Adam Mates, um, I'm just super excited for the people watching. Not much is uh, and listening. Not much is going to change from your perspective because um, we're still going to be producing the same amount of content. I might be in front of the camera a little bit more. Not much. I'm mostly a behind the scenes guy, 
but it's super exciting and the amount of video content we're going to be pushing out in the next couple of months is just going to be crazy. So it's really exciting. Keep your eyes out. We're launching a couple new series, one of which we're filming after this, uh, after this live pod today. So keep your eyes out. I'm excited about it. Yeah, it's going to be fun uh, working creatively with you. We're already plugging away at some fun things we're going to be able to do. I can come in and, and rant about whatever's bothering me in the yeah, world yeah, of no baseball kidding. or maybe even some good news there was some good news on the robo strike zone uh today that we'll, we'll get into talking a little bit about um what is it's going to be fun i think too having you around and hopefully you'll, you'll kind of make the rounds and go on all the podcasts because you do i think bring a another perspective uh, to each one of these sports you know you're, you're kind of coming in from the fan perspective and seeing uh all of them i think because you're a fan of all of them. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm one of the, I'm one of the guys that follows pretty much all pretty much all major right. sports, um, especially all four major sports in Denver. Uh, I've been a been a fan my whole life. We were I was fortunate enough to not all in the same year, but at some point in my life, uh, my family when I was growing up had season tickets to um, every sport other than the Broncos because you know the waiting list thing. Um, <laughs> sure, but, sure. So I mean, I have some amazing memories of uh, times at Coors Field and at the Can, just watching Nuggets you know, Rockies and Avs just as, m as many times as I possibly could go as a kid. And, you know, those types of things just made me a lifelong sports fan. And now I'm incredibly lucky enough to be working in this industry full time as a career. And I, I, uh, I couldn't be more thankful. So it's been really cool. I'm living my dream. Yeah. Well, I mean, I am bummed that I can't make you get me things anymore. I mean, I, I, I if I really wanted to, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I would still go, uh, you know, you know, but, uh, no, it's, it's going to be great having you around. And I want to start with something that this is fun. Uh, one of our favorite favorites uh nikki palmy over in uh austria there uh has called me out kale he's called me out on an inconsistency on dare i say a hypocrisy mm, okay. i uh, recently on an episode of this very podcast uh gave a, a bit of an impassioned plea for people to stop trying to take fun out of baseball and stop telling players like alex bregman and juan soto that they can't carry the bat down to first base mm, which is true. a so, so I called them the fun police, and I got this email. This is really good stuff here from Nick. He says, hey, Drew, thank you for another great episode and your thoughts on baseball's fun police. I totally agree with you. But this episode also had me thinking about the wave. Don't get me wrong. By no means am I a defender of the wave, and I never did the wave in a ballpark. I don't like the wave in ballparks. It just doesn't feel right, especially when they are doing it because they are bored by the game or the home team is going to lose. During my time as a soccer fan, I did hundreds of waves in soccer stadiums, and I really enjoyed it. It's a way to celebrate the game of soccer and part of being a fan of this sport. Doing the wave during a baseball game is weird, uh, as weird as if they would suddenly start doing a 70-minute stretch or something like that in soccer stadiums. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that analogy. Yeah. He says, but obviously there are thousands of thousands of people in ballparks who love doing the wave. That's... That's how they happen. That's, yes. that's what it requires yeah. for them to, to do it, right? So he says, isn't complaining about them some kind of being a fun police too? Of course, I loathe the wave. So he's, he's calling me out. He's calling his shot right here. He's saying, I'm not sure. Probably yes. Maybe you can do an off-season episode. Hey, that's what this is. About whether <laughs> there is an audience fun police or not. Maybe you can talk about how the wave affects the players in a bad way. If I remember correctly, Kyle Freeland once told you that he is not happy when they start doing the wave. He did indeed. 
Um, so thank you for reading this. Thank you for the great work. It's always fun listening to you and Patrick and now Kale uh, and, and reading the articles. Thank you so much, Nikki. And then he signs off. Miss you guys. Miss Denver. Miss Coors Field. Go Rockies. Uh, Love the end there. Yeah. And uh, and then he sent me a Jenny Kavnar tweet that he really liked. And so, uh, well, Nikki, you're you're a superstar. We love you. Um, what do you think? I'll, I'll let you start. What do you think? Has he got me? I think it's – so to a certain extent, yes, he did get you a little bit. But I, I think there's something uh, to distinguish between um, policing fans' fun and uh, policing, you know, players' fun. And I think that's the difference there. Like – so okay. in the the bat carrying incident that was you know terribly public last week, uh, or the week before I forget you know time moves in when you, when you work <laughs> right. in this industry time is fake right <laughs> exactly <laughs> but uh, so I think there's a difference there because you know you want the players to be fun you want baseball to be fun and the wave thing I think it's different because from like we were saying Kyle Freeland's perspective the wave can impact the game for the players and so I think that's where the difference there is but you know part of me has to remember right being a kid and not really understanding the intricacies of baseball right and when you're at the ballpark you love when the wave happens right right when you're seven years old and so i think there's some to that where i think to nikki's point there's a point where you go okay like we have to let the fans have fun too because that's what it's about but you also have every right as a more educated fan or a more educated baseball person to go, oh, my gosh, I hate the wave because it affects my team negatively more often than not. And if it's a neutral ground, it's annoying to players. So let's get rid of it. Yeah, like I, that's where I was definitely going to go straight to. Is I, and, and Nikki mentions it. I do think there is a qualitative difference because – it can impact the game. And there's some people who kind of roll their eyes at that and go, no, there's no way. And I always bring up, look, they hold up a quiet please sign for golfers. Quarterbacks will quiet their own. Peyton Manning was very famous for even mm. getting sometimes mad at his own fans for not being quiet yeah, when I they mean, need to be. Flacco had a comment earlier this season where you go, you can tell Peyton played here because the fans know that like when we're on offense, the stadium's silent. Right. And so there, there are ways to train audiences i know i've had um two of the people that battle with me all uh, about this all the time are thomas harding who loves the wave love you thomas but stop it and <laughs> ryan spielborgs same thing mm. love you spilly and and he does bring that player perspective and when i you know say i don't know some guys say it bothers them and he just goes oh come on and he played for years in yeah. major league baseball and and he's not buying it but guys like kyle freeland and some others have come out and said you know yeah it's distracting i do find them oftentimes just so poorly timed oh sometimes it's the word like you know like it'll happen exactly when you don't want it to like you have a one run lead going into the ninth yeah and like your closer is going out there who's been struggling already and then there's a wave and you're like really like of all times right like <laughs> what are we doing here and and i know i said like i i really don't like the unwritten rules but there's also something about like every it's not just sports there are certain things that you adhere to the culture of a thing and so the, i'll admit it, it it's a very fine line of like that that was part of the reason i took exception at the carrying the bat thing i was like i've never even heard of this as a thing yeah like i don't like i never once heard down. someone like 
outraged over that. It's, everyone freaked out, and I was like, when has this been? A, I've never heard of that. I've been watching baseball my whole life. Right. <laughs> but, like, there are different, like, if you go to see Beethoven at the Colorado Symphony Orchestra, there's a different set of expectations for you as an audience member than if you're at an ACDC concert. Totally. Right? And and so I, I think it's fair for, and Nikki points out, if you're at a soccer game, wave all day, sing, do the whole thing, you know. I would. I, I actually am a big pro. I think there should be more singing in just sports in general. I'd like mm. to see baseball uh, stadiums do that. But yeah, I, I think you do get to draw a little bit of a qualitative difference when you're like, it impacts here. And here's where I think people differentiate. We get into weird like talk about statistics versus traditional analysis. How about this? It impacts the energy in the building. Totally. There's no way to say that thousands of people doing a thing in unison is something that can be completely ignored by everybody on the field of play. Yeah, it can't. So some might use it to their benefit. Some might be totally distracted by it. But either way, it's it's impacting the game and uh, not in a good way, in my opinion. <laughs> I, I mean, to be fair, I am I am also of the anti-wave crew right um but i you know i don't think there's many pro like people who are like hardcore baseball fans i think there's very few that are like love the wave it's the best right but i (laughs) I do think it's fair for us to try to explain why you know that's not also a gatekeeping of fun thing where other people are saying you can't do x y and z you know you don't i was just advocating somebody carry the bat all the way around the bases since it's not against the rules so how is that less yeah. disrespectful of the game of baseball than fans doing the wave especially because yeah, yeah. fans you know they paid their money to get in that's always the you know thing do what you want agreed um but i've always put it this way too and this is where i would go back to with the other stuff there's a a fine line but i feel like still it's a pretty clear line between you have the right to do something and it's a good idea i don't necessarily like the braggadocious stuff either and I can personally go, you know what? I'm not going to cheer for the guy who bat flips or who does whatever in your face. I'm not going to write an article saying he's going to he disrespects the game, though. Yeah. And that's where, for me, it's like, I'm going to tell people, you know, it's probably best if you don't do the wave. But if you do the wave, I'm not going to call you a bad baseball fan. Yeah. Agreed. Right? So I, I think that's a fair place to draw some distinctions. Let's get into uh, a couple of questions that we've had coming in on the Twitter uh, specific one was actually a conversation that was going on uh, before we began that we just got kind of tagged in here and let me see if I can find the two people it's um, I'm gonna go with handles so we're, we've got yikes Malone which I'm appreciative of and and Dari kind of debating back and forth here between who would be a better target for the Rockies Tanner Roark or Julio Tehran a couple of right-handed starting pitchers in Roark, you've got a little bit more of a veteran, consistent presence who's never had the highest of ceilings. He's never been considered a potential top-of-the-rotation guy. He's almost always been a 3-4, but he's almost always been a 3-4 and, and given you those kinds of numbers, whereas Tehran has had more ups and downs in his career, has had some really disappointing moments. At, at one time, the Braves thought he was going to be their absolute ace. I believe he started something like five consecutive opening days for them, and some of that was because they just didn't have anybody else. He's come along a little bit as of late. Uh, I like his profile. Many people listening to this know I've longer been a fan of Roark, but I think that's a risk-adversity thing. My 
you know, leaning toward Roark here is thinking more along the lines of just find someone consistent. So that's my that's probably my biggest thing is and and how many how many bad contracts have the Rockies found themselves trapped in because they pay a whole lot of money to high upside guys? Some. <laughs> yeah. No, right. More, more than some. More yeah. than some, right? And so I, I think that's probably where my hesitation towards signing that contract would be. And that's why I, I sort of agree with you where Roark is, is more of a enticing uh, prospect as to go after. Not prospect, but uh, – yeah, that's the no, wrong yeah. wrong word in baseball terms. Right, but, no, yeah, yeah. Prospective, <laughs> prospective player to player add to, to your the, yeah. to the roster, um, because you do sort of know what you're going to get with him. He's going to be a three four guy, and he's going to be that. And you know, across his career, I mean, he's almost. I mean, I'm looking at it right now across his you know career. He's incredibly. It's almost incredibly. It's almost scary how consistent he is. Um, he's not going to be a lights out guy. I mean, his, his career ERA is three, seven, one last year. It was four, three, five. It's sometimes better. It's between it's in that range kind of always. And especially in Coors field where finding consistency for pitchers is so hard finding a guy that you're not going to have to pay Boco bucks to, and you're going to get consistency. I think that is more where the Rockies should go in my opinion. Yeah. I, I think that's the. The smartest route to go, but there's all, I, I can also see the argument for Tehran being, look, you get this guy and he hits, you know, if he if he really takes to uh, doesn't have any of the weird Coors hang ups and just comes out and lets his stuff play the way it can. You've got a really dynamic arm in there who maybe could make his way closer to the top of the rotation yeah. and ease pressure on guys like Gray and Freeland and Marquez, whereas Roark is more of a you know, a backup so that those, if those guys experience their ups and downs, you still have some steadiness at the back end of your rotation where Tehran is somebody where you go, maybe he ends up becoming your number two. Yeah. Well, and there's an argument to be made. I mean, there is a very simplistic argument you can go to and just say Tehran was better last year, which he was. Right. Um, And so there's that simplistic argument you can go to, which at the end of the day, there's validity to that. There really is. They're like, why would you not go get the better guy? Right. Right. <laughs> right. There's some people listening to this like, you guys may be overthinking it. The yeah. better pitcher is maybe the one they should they get. They should go get. But, you know, I, I, I think especially just with the unique challenges that pitching in and out of Coors presents, I think consistency is something that the Rockies as an organization have to look at more than other organizations Exactly do. right. And, and that's where I – would go if, in my thinking if I were the Rockies, which I'm obviously not. So, but I mean, we've talked about before the Rockies can't keep playing the. I'll use the Aaron Sorkin, Billy Bean, Brad Pitt line again. If you try to play like the Yankees in here, you're going to lose to the Yankees out there. The Rockies can't, or the Dodgers. It should be really in yeah, this case, honestly, right? Yep. You you have to recognize the unique challenges that the Rockies have had over their entire history. And say they've brought it. You you got right to it. They've brought in guys with high end potential, guys who've been really successful. Mike Hampton, Danny Nagel, Jeremy Guthrie, um, these guys who had been all stars in other places, and that they brought in and have just completely fallen apart. Whereas some of the guys they have brought in from outside the organization, like I'm going back, we're talking Josh Fogg, Mike Redmond, Jorge De La Rosa, who were not. Oh. 
don't even get me started on De La Rosa, the most underrated player in Rockies history. Um, oh, that's almost certainly true. <laughs> and he, he was not a thing elsewhere. No. He was a reclamation project. Mm-hmm. So Tanner Roark is not a reclamation project no, by any means, but I think he's just a safer bet. He's more along the lines of like the Josh Fogg uh, that they got, uh, Jason Marquis back in 2009. Mm-hmm. He's a stabilizer. Yeah, and I also think you're going to get him on a on a way on a way more friendly contract. I'm, I'm with you. Um, what what would, what type of contract would you see the Rockies giving out to a, one of one of these guys? Say say they do do go out and get Roark. What type of contract would you see that? I mean, I, w- I wouldn't think it'd be much more than ten million a year for Roark. I would think that would be kind of. Would you do three years at ten a year? I would, yeah, three-year, yeah. $30 million contract for sure. And the best thing, like, the, what would be really interesting is if the Rockies could figure out a way to backload something like that. Be like, look, can we, mm, you know, because it really does get much easier for them after this year as all these contracts, contracts come off the books. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think one of the things that they could do with a guy like Roark is say, look, can we pay him? Because he's, he's getting up there in, in age, too. Mm-hmm. So we're, we'll give you three years guaranteed money. And in the third year, it's actually going to be more. We'll give you 15 in your third year if we can do five, five. this year, 10 next year. Exactly right. Yeah. And I, I would try to do it just like that so that you can maybe even have a little bit more wiggle room to go add a reliever this year. Mm. But you've still got this guy around and you feel like you're still going to pay him what he's worth. He knows he's been taken care of. Um you know, I, I think that would be a really good way to do it. And so whoever it is, with with anybody, they should be looking to backload contracts, obviously, right? Like that's, Yeah, well, next year is yeah. they're in um, – well, it's not another sport, but you would say cap hell if you exactly. were in football exactly. or hockey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's, they've, they've talked about how there's very little flexibility. And I, I know people – some people go, well, they, they sell so many tickets and they, they do X, Y, and Z, but it's – you know, they've, they've increased the budget – Every single year, they're yeah, middle they of the pack. It's it's very difficult to be objective about Major League Baseball across the board and say that the Rockies don't spend enough. Like yeah, that's well, a hard that, argument. That's, that's a hard argument. Well, and it, that was an accurate argument for years. It's not anymore. Right. Um, now, do they spend well? <laughs> that's a completely different argument. But right. they're spending money. Like look at that. Look at how much money their entire pitching right. staff was making last year. Trust me, they're spending money. Yeah. <laughs> and. And that's one of the things that's been really funny about this offseason is people have been, you know, upset about the possibility for the Rockies or the not possibility for the Rockies to spend money. As I'm not sure that spending money would get them out of the the predicament that they're in. I, I think either way it was going to take as we've been talking about, we we're saying if given the opportunity to sign Tehran for more money, we probably still wouldn't even do that because it's just not, you know, the best bet, I yeah. don't think. So all right. Well, that was a really good question. Thank yeah, you. I yeah. know, right? That, 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 that came in really well. Uh, I do want to mention that our friend, we're having, those of you on the live can see, we're having our, our Breckenridge brew. Yep. I'm with Vanilla Porter. What do you um, got there? Uh, I've got an Avalanche Amber in mm-hmm. honor of the, the game slash watch party going on tonight. That's right. I'll be down there at that doing that hockey. Uh, so we're having a good time having these. But I know on November 8th at the Never Summer event, it's going to be ridiculous ridiculous it's going to be going off they got music they got 90s karaoke with a live band yeah there's a ton of uh they also have a bunch of artists going on november 8th uh it's going to be at the punch bowl social 
which is going to be super cool. So they're teaming up with Never Summer um, to celebrate opening day of the ski and snowboard season. Uh, for those of you who uh, don't know, uh, Never Summer is this really, really, really cool uh, snowboarding brand. So they're doing a bunch of giveaways of a bunch of merch, T-shirts, a bunch of stuff like that. But they're also giving away free Never Summer snowboards for people who are there in a raffle, I think. Like and that is – like Never Summers are like, they're like super high-end stuff. It's yeah. not like you're just like – Going to get a butt. So, free chance. I would be there just for that if I were a snowboarder. I'm a skier, but. Um, They're also giving away beer. Yeah, well. Like, I don't like. Free beer. You know, always a good idea. Beer. Uh, Breck beer. <laughs> damn good beer. It is. It is damn good beer. I was at another brewery last night drinking a bunch of ambers. Uh, tried, they had three different ambers on uh, that they made, and I was trying them, and I was like, you know what? Like, these are good, but, like, we are just so spoiled at DNBR that, like, I just, we have a fridge full of Avalanche Amber, and it's one of, it's one of the best beers out there. Yeah, it's yeah. such a good steady standby. It's so good. But, yeah, now I'm just getting into trying all of the Breck brews. I know there will be plenty of new ones for me to try over at the uh, Never Summer event at the Punch Bowl, November 8th. Make sure you check it out. All right, back into uh, the Rockies talk. You know, I, I, I took some exception. You'll be shocked to hear that I, I disagreed with people on Twitter today, Kale. Never. That would have, um, that would have, Drew Creaseman disagreeing on Twitter. I would have never how thought of that in a million years. Completely unbelievable scenario. Um, there, I read. I began my day reading some articles by national writers about the Colorado Rockies and came across two really strange ones. One was one. Well, one of them, and I and I was trying to find it again. I honestly can't. Uh, figure out where it was. I read a bunch of stuff this morning, but one was a national article that did one of the, there's a bunch of these this time of year, the, the mm-hmm. biggest needs for yeah, every yeah, team yeah. and all that stuff. And um, their biggest need for the Colorado Rockies was center field. Yeah. Uh, not a great take <laughs> to put it mildly, just not a great take. Uh, the Colorado Rockies have too many outfielders. Yeah. Which is like a a great problem to have. Yeah, it's they're like one area of excess talent. Now, I do understand how someone could arrive at this conclusion, especially if they weren't paying very close attention. I've had a couple people tweet at me today. You know, the Rockies were last in the National League in outfield war. And, and okay, all right, okay. There's a number of reasons why that's true that aren't relevant anymore. One of which is Ian Desmond's not your center fielder anymore. No, he's not. And so I felt like a lot of this article was kind of working on the assumption that Ian Desmond was still the center fielder, and he is not that. No, he's not. And Ian Desmond, hopefully, is going to be a bench bat next year. Exactly right. Like, <laughs> I, I think that's, in fact, very likely. At most, he's going to start in left some of the time. Some of the time, yeah. But your center fielders for 2020... And I've written about this and talked about this, but it's worth reiterating just in case. Are David Dahl, Ryan Maltapia, Garrett Hampson, Sam Hilliard, and then in an emergency, Ian Desmond. Yeah, um, I don't see an issue. Five. That's five guys. Five people. How do you, how do you, it's such a big need that in order to like, if we, we're out to go out and sign someone, we would have to cut one of our top prospects or one of our top offensive players. So right. you're right. Such a need. Right. <laughs> it's, it's a really bizarre take, as you said. And it's, 
The, the thing that's weirdest about to me is, again, you, you can make an argument here, I, and I've talked about it as much, if not more than anybody. The Rockies had a defensive issue in the outfield this year, and I don't know that it's been entirely addressed, but it's beginning to be addressed, and it can be addressed based on what they have. And, and for me, I think that's the remains, I guess across the board, the biggest issue with analysis of this Rockies team is that you don't have to go outside the organization to change things. Like that's what's so fr- uh, I keep reading this concept. stuff. Like there's oh. no way to get better unless you make trades or sign free agents. It's like you could also just stop playing your how players long, who aren't producing and play your guys who are. How long have I? Well, I've been talking about this in terms of pitching for weeks, as you know. I'm talking about promoting everybody's looking for bullpen help outside of the organization. I go, why don't you just take some of your starting pitching prospects and put them in the bullpen for this year in the majors? Right. And so, anyways, that's a different topic we can get into in another time. But, but even that's but something it's improvement from within, which is something we like around the office have been harping on for weeks. Well, no, and and we should just mention names really quick because it's the same thing. Yeah. It's you, you are talking about guys like Jeff Hoffman, uh, Chichi Gonzalez, Tim Melville. If they decide to bring back Chad Bettis on a minor league deal, they've already done it. Uh, with Yancy Almonte was a starter for a while. I yep. said, "Nope, you're a reliever now." There are a few other guys Dude, in I, that category. Tim like, Melville it looks like a. I, I to me, he's he's a guy that's old enough in your prospect system where you realize, okay, he's not going to be a high end starter ever really in this league, but he's got a good arm and can throw two great innings, and he's proven that over and over again. Why is he not a guy you're looking at putting in your bullpen? Right, and I assume that they will. I hope It's so. either that or he's he might be better as depth for the rotation should someone get hurt. He's a decent emergency starter that yeah. you can oh, send back and forth. But, abso- but even if you have him in your bullpen, ro- in your bullpen rotation and you, you know, get a – you know, in emergency situation, you have a guy on your roster that you know, okay, in a pinch we can have him start a game and it's fine. Right. Because he's done that how many times in his career? Exactly. So cross-apply all of that on the offensive-slash-defensive side, but with a higher ceiling for a guy named Sam Hilliard. There's two players that... Slam Hilliard. Slam. The, no, nobody <laughs> at this time a year ago was talking about either Hilliard or Tim Melville. Melville wasn't even in the organization yet. Yeah. As potential depth players for the Rockies. Absolutely. And now you have to be talking about them as important depth options yeah. for the Rockies. So that's part of why it's a little bit difficult for me to take some of these narratives that crop up about whether it's how bad the Rockies farm system is or but this thing with the the thing they need the most is a center fielder. It's like they have their center fielder. They were just reluctant to play him there and then he got hurt. I don't know where the analysis has popped up. I've seen this on my Twitter a lot recently. I assume it's coming from numbers. I don't know that David Dahl is a bad defensive center fielder. This has never been the case. This is not true. Uh, the it's No scout during his minor league career. Anytime I've watched him, I'm not a scout, but I've, I've watched a lot of baseball. David Dahl is all of the things you need to be a very good center fielder. And... It, his 40 to 50 inning sample size at the big league level, trying to adapt to the most difficult out center field in all of baseball to play. Stop, stop. 
Watch, give the young man a half a season to play center field there. If you still don't think David Dahl can get it done, we can return to this conversation. Well, and you have other options too. I mean, you can uh, right. I mean, with the, you can flex him. I mean, flex him around the outfield and and put someone else there that you trust more. But I don't. I, I don't even know why you would need to do that because I don't foresee this being an issue next year at all. Yeah, me neither. I I think Tapia is going to play up. He's gotten better and better I out agree, there defensively. He's got the elite speed. He's got a really good arm. Garrett Hampson's only been playing center field for a minute and a half. He already looks really good out there. Sam Hilliard already looks really good in center field. Well, like, and I you're don't... forgetting all the offensive production, you know, that you're going to get out of these guys. That right. even if you were to get a lockdown, you know, center fielder, you're probably not going to get. I mean, it's what are you going to take? Do you want the home runs, or do you, or, right. or do you want a guy that's like going to be that lockdown guy in today's? you know, version of the league, I just don't think it's an issue for the Rockies. Right. Especially because of the offensive production you're getting from these guys. Right. And then, like, was I the only one? I, I know I wasn't the only one watching Sam Hilliard play in the outfield. And I've had a couple of people, you know, get at me and be like, hey, don't don't get overboard with Sam Hilliard yet. And I'm very much not. I'm, I'm not like a lot of the people out there who've already written him into the starting lineup next year. Like, I think he begins the year in AAA. But I saw the young man play center field. Mm-hmm. I talked to people. In fact, I'll just say it this way. I don't know if he, you know, we weren't off the record, off the record. I asked an expert for his opinion. According to the data, probably the exact same data that's telling us that David Dahl is not a good defensive center fielder. The Rockies have had one, one good defensive center fielder in their history. His name is Corey Sullivan. And I asked Corey Sullivan a question. What do you think of Sam? He can do it. He can do all of it. A couple things that need to be ironed out. A couple things that need to be. But he's there. As a guy who has been a corner guy until this year, until 2019, yeah, he can play center field at Coors. So Well, he's athletic enough. Of course he is. He's got the arm. He's got the speed. He's got the natural athleticism. And he's got the understanding of the game. And I talked to Sam and we wrote about this. He says, actually, I don't want to say this out loud and like jinx myself or whatever, but it's kind of easier because you can read the ball off the bat a lot easier in center field. Mm -hmm. He can do it. If Sam Hilliard's floor. And Mike, Mike's got a good point. The the dull thing is that there's the injury prone, but then you've got this guy behind him now. Sam Hilliard's floor is good defensive center fielder, which you take. Yeah. And guy who will strike out. A ton. But when he does pop, he pops. That's it? Yeah. Tell me you would – if Sam Hilliard could hit 220 next season, strike out 250 times, 35 40% of the time, if he plays good defense for you, runs the bases well, and hits 20 home runs. Who cares? You'll take that. Well, especially since you're getting so much – I mean, I, I, I don't mean to beat a dead horse because it's – I mean, it's the Rockies and they're always this way – but you're getting so much production from other positions that you don't really need center field to be that, you know, massive hitter. I mean, in in non-ideal situations. Rockies I fans mean. oftentimes forget they have a shortstop who hits 35 home yeah. runs, and like, that's not normal. No, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you have a shortstop. I mean, I I did right, but. I think Ryan McMahon being a day in and day out guy next year, I think is going to make a that's big huge. difference. Right, right. And so. I, I, again, it's just, I don't see that being an issue. And 
again, there's five center fielders on this team. Five of them. <laughs> they did, they, they did. With the way the bullpen was and the way the starting rotation happened, and that's one of those things where I go, did you just not watch any Rockies baseball? Because, again, I get the outfield was an issue in 2019. It was, absolutely. But look, folks, 2019 is over. Turn a page. Ian Desmond ain't your starting center fielder anymore. He's not going to be. Welcome to the new world. You know, well, and the outfield wasn't once the Rockies were out of it last year when people stopped watching. The right, outfield right. wasn't as big of an issue. Nope. <laughs> it was, and that's the thing is like that. That was so weird about me. It's like, well, especially like I and I, I, I will, I talk about this. All. He's one of my favorite players in baseball right now. But like the amount of improvement from a defensive side that Rymel Tapia showed last year, right. from start of the season to the end of the season, was huge right i'm name dropping casual conversations today but again i uh, last day of the season i had a chance to chat with bud black for a minute and of course i asked him about rymal tapia who, who do you think you're t- listening to i was gonna say talking to but i guess you're you're mostly listening and i'm yeah, yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I'm doing <laughs> we're doing the talk we're doing the talking but as, and and i said you know skip i know what the thing has been with him is he making his progress on defense is he making smarter <laughs> plays for you is he doing the thing and he said yeah, he's really, really made progress this year. This last year is probably the most progress he has made at any time in his career. And so, again, I think you've got a, a defensively a pretty decent floor with Tapia, who's the second fastest guy in the organization, has a really good arm when he throws it to the right place and <laughs> doesn't overthrow the cutoff. Yes. He has a really <laughs> strong arm, I should say, yeah. a potentially strong arm. But it just, there's so much potential out there. Like you said, you don't necessarily know, to Mike's point, exactly where uh, the production will come from. But when you have five options, and meanwhile the back end of your rotation looks like a gigantic question mark, I don't know how anyone could earnestly write that their biggest need is in the And that's my thing, is... Is there a massive ceiling for this? I don't know. Right. I don't know. Right. But the floor is high, and that's my thing, is it's not going to be a glaring hole where you sit there and you go, oh, man, if the Rockies just had a center fielder. Right. Nobody's going to say that next year, and right. so it's not your biggest feel. It's not your biggest need. You know what people might be saying next year? Man, that offense is great if only they had a bullpen. Like right. every <laughs> right. year in Rockies history, uh, right? I, I sort of feel like there there are higher <laughs> odds right, of that. that. <laughs> I sort of feel like that those are higher odds. Absolutely. Oh man. Well, Kel's got us laughing here, which Sorry. of course reminds <laughs> us that uh, our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group know that taking care of your teeth is pretty important, and that's why they're giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, X-ray, and exam. That's right, you simply have to take care of your teeth or Green Mountain Dental to hand over a free Sonicare. So check them out today online or call 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment today. The other article that I read that was really strange, I think this one was MLB Trade Rumors, was talking about how the Rockies are in a really tough spot. And it sort of seemed like it was written from a perspective of, Here's how you try to make the Rockies better. But the only thing the author seemed to be able to come up with was like trading away key pieces like Trevor Story or John Gray to rebuild the farm system, which I thought was really strange also, and interesting. Can, can we just point out that the Rockies are in a win now mindset because of Nolan's contract? But 
whatever. That's well, what, and, yeah. and <laughs> that's what's so weird about this conversation, right? People seem to want to keep Nolan but think that the team can, should, or is rebuilding. The team came out and said in no uncertain terms they're not rebuilding. Nor should they be. Of course they shouldn't be. They're not in – they're just not in that spot. And, you know, I've noticed in the uh, the Venn diagram of people who think the Rockies are in a really terrible spot and maybe should just tear it all down and start over, and the people who think that 2017 and 2018 were totally flukes. Yeah. It's, it's almost a perfect circle. It is almost a perfect circle, yeah. And it's it's kind of mind-boggling to me. that, And when you break it down, really, the Rockies have had two – absolutely terrible months of baseball in the last three years uh yeah but july this year was the worst month of baseball in the history of the franchise that's right <laughs> and and that's worth pointing out but yeah. l- but let me ask you this question three years of sample size of this team it, two months of bad baseball right and i'll and, take that and i'll even say this like years from now given a trivia question how many people do you think would say in all of Rockies history, what team had the worst month? Like maybe ones where like Clint Barmas was batting cleanup. Yeah. Where Nafi Perez was the best player on the team. When Juan no Uribe. One's, no one's gonna mention oh, when you had Nolan Arenado, Trevor Story, and Charlie Blackman. Right. <laughs> exactly. No <laughs> one's gonna guess that that's when the worst month came. There was yeah. a bit of randomness to how bad that July was. And it totally de- derailed the whole thing. Well, and that's the hard part. Well, and they had the slow start, which doesn't help. Right. Um, and that's well, and that's the hard part is the slow start. They, with the bad month of July and the slow start, they couldn't absorb the hit. Basically, right. It it was a knockout punch. Was what July was. Right. But I think people oftentimes forget that that's kind of how baseball seasons go. Yeah. That it's like. If you got knocked out, well, then you were never in the fight. Well, like, yeah. oh, right up until they took that final knockout punch, they were hanging in there. Totally. Um, and then, you know, you have to also recognize that, like, this season, I mean, yes, they didn't win nearly as many games as you expected to. But after, you know, they were officially out of it, like, Rockies did what organizations should do, and not every organi- organization does, and they played all their young guys. Yeah. They were like, let's just see what we have. And so they did the right thing, and people are going to look at this season and go, like, the Rockies probably could have won 10 more games if they didn't do that. But, again, that, there's no point because they weren't going to make the playoffs. Right. And so if they, but if they won 10 more games and you look at the season and you go, oh, you know, it wasn't actually that bad. Right. You're like, oh, they're a 500 team. They, yeah. They could build on this from yeah. here. But, okay, but no, you know, people yeah. that don't pay attention to the minutiae like that, I don't need to go into, you know, just hating on people because, you know, y- you have a right to feel that way as a fan. Sure, and and it was a super frustrating season, so I get why people are down on the Rockies in general. But I do think, like, I brought up that thing about people thinking the last couple of years were lucky on purpose because it's like they, they do have changes they need to make, but there are a lot of similarities between the team that exists now and the team that won 91 games in 2018 and mm-hmm. i feel like people are counting out kyle freeland or wade davis or you know i i see for example yeah. i think in that mlb trade rumors article where they were talking about the rockies real problem you know you mentioned they are top heavy you have to mention incredibly top heavy you incredibly know top heavy. nolan trevor charlie you have to mention those guys 
and then maybe and then Dahl. And I see a lot of people saying this after their top four. It's just a complete nightmare on offense. And it's like, well, that's how it was for most of 2019. But you're also forgetting Ryan McMahon exists. And if you look at the entire second half of the season, you would have to include him as a fifth on that mm-hmm. list. Now, all of a sudden, that's five guys out of an eight-person lineup also, that's not so bad. Um, David Dahl coming back. Yeah. Ex- healthy. Yeah. There, there's just a lot of things that <laughs> I, I feel like. Was an all-star last right. year. <laughs> right. I right. had somebody arguing with me today, you know, when we we're talking about the starting rotation, and, and they were saying, you know, Mar- Marquez took a big step backward. And I'm like, he didn't have as good a year in 2019 he as he a, did he in had, 2018. He had two really, really bad games that trashed his ERA. Right. But he also was still, according to, like, the ERA minus, ERA plus yeah, stuff, yeah. Where he was an above-average pitcher. Yes. At 24 years old, pitching half his games at Coors Field. Again, yeah. let's, let's keep proper context. He's going to be 25 He's next gonna year. He's going to be fine. He's going to be out for blood. I haven't done my Marquez uh, Dude, solo episode Mar- yet. Should maybe have you on for that one. He's gonna be well. He's my well. He's my favorite nasty. pitcher in the organization by far. Makes sense. Um, but he well, it's probably because he reminds me of De La Rosa, who is my favorite pitcher for a very long yeah. time. Yeah. Um. Even Big in the go- even curveball. in the yeah even yeah. in the glory days of Abaldo. I mean, I just like <laughs> like I'm I, a De La guy. I'm, I, oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Well, it's just like and you know, he was fun to watch for me, which I think that's part of it. And yeah. He had that, you know, his release always seemed a little funky, but, like, it always worked, which is kind of what was He had that delay where he'd stop his leg and then keep going up. That was weird. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. God, that was a fun era. Hashtag bring back As much as there wasn't, it wasn't a whole lot of success during that era. It was a whole lot of fun. No. (laughs) That was was one of the big what-ifs in Rockies history was that tough, because in... um, in 09, they lost De La Rosa. I think he was, like, throwing a no-hitter in L.A., and he got hurt yeah. right before they went into the postseason, and then they didn't have him for that series against the Phillies, and you, you just got to look back and wonder. Oh, you had a young cargo. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, well, rookie. Fun- yeah, yeah, rookie cargo yeah. who had to get sent down to AAA, but then came up. He had, like, 400 against the Phillies yeah, in that series. Yeah, was, oh, that was – okay, anyways, yeah. we don't need to – I know, right? Really I know. Bad, uh, there's one other thing I wanted to talk about before we get out of here. We're, You know, our, uh, our watch party tonight is not over at Blake Street Tavern, but we do enjoy watching sports over at the Blake Street Tavern. One of the best places in Lodo to do it. You, no matter what sport, you're a big Buffs fan, they got a Buffs watch party. You're a big football guy, you're a big basketball, hockey. It is, they, it is, they got the it is literally hookup. the biggest bar in Denver, I think. Yeah. I don't know if that's uh, factually true, but it feels that way because like on any given night you show up and they'll have like an entire section devoted to Patriots fans and yet you're like, man, that can't be a and then but then you walk into the next room and it's full of buffs fans and then right. you walk into the next room and you're like Wait, is Clemson having a watch party here? Right, right. And I'm like, oh, that makes no sense. But they have enough room to accommodate everybody. And so, you know, on any given night, there can be a Nuggets watch party and a Buffs watch party and an Ass watch party. I mean, and the food is out of this world, which is just, I mean, that's our favorite part. Is I, I love going there. They have Breck Brews on tap, which is always a always good idea. Always good. And um, it's, it's my favorite place in Denver to uh, – 
it, it, it was my favorite place in Denver to watch games before I started at this company. Um, you know, yeah. So it, I mean, that's where I, I mean, I've watched so many big games there, and that's just really, it's just a good bar, and they're good people, and the drinks are good, the food's good. Yeah, the staff is fantastic. You know, a lot of the the staff there, they also work over at Coors Field, so I, I know yeah. a, a bunch of those people. Like we were just at the Saber Banquet and saw a lot of the servers mm-hmm. up there taking care of us at Coors Field. They're great people. They're so on top of it too. Like you're saying, there could be a room. With like a hundred people, I was there for the uh, for Buffs Ducks the, the yeah, <laughs> where oh, the Buffs well, scored. I, I was there three. too. Oh, yeah, all, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, we're there. What a um, what a bad night. Wasn't that gal on top of it though? That room full of people oh, and she so took care we of us. That, we were in the alumni room, and it's this massive <laughs> room, and it got packed full of Buffs fans for Pac-12 late yeah. for late night Pac-12 or Pac-12 at night, whatever they call it. Yeah, yeah. Um, for Buffs Ducks, and they had like I think two servers in the entire and. She was running around like a chicken with her head cut off, but, you know, no mistakes in our food. Nope. Everything came at a decent – and I was just really yeah. impressed with how I'm like, man, I've been a server. That's what I did in college yeah. you know, to, to pay, pay my bills. And it just absolutely I – was, I was just – I was like, man, this is not easy. No, I, they are I feel good there. very, very good. That, yeah. So, you know, and that comes from top down, ownership to the training and everybody goes so – we don't need to talk about Blake no. Street for too long, but definitely they, check they it out next us, time you are uh, looking to watch a game downtown. It's the best best place in Lodo. You know, only a couple of blocks from Coors Field. They do uh, specials before, during, and after Rockies games. Right. It's a great place to go hang out after a game, all that type of stuff. And I'm there sometimes. Kale's there sometimes. Actually, uh, a lot of it. A lot, there's a, a lot decent the chance you'll honest, find a DNVR uh, person. One, one, any <laughs> given night of the week, there's probably one of us there. Exactly right. Exactly <laughs> right. All right. I wanted to uh, finish this thing up. And I don't honestly, there's not much to say on this. I just get to throw my hands up in the air and say, hooray, hooray, hallelujah, glory, glory. The day has come. Uh, sing it from on mountaintop high. Robert Manfred, sir, Sir Manfred, I, 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 <laughs> I have been so, what's the word, <laughs> insistent, uh, belligerent about the electronic strike zone thing, and today was a quote I've been waiting five years to hear, and, and it wasn't you know, a slam dunk. Hey, next year we're implementing the electronic strike zone. I don't, I don't think that's, you still got to get this thing right. The worst thing for introducing technology into sports, as we've seen in other areas, is to do it and have it be bad right away. Have there be issues with it. Because then people will reject the whole idea the just because. The interference replay this mm-hmm. year for, or actually all of officiating this year for the NFL, yeah, which has been atrocious. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so obviously, you know, you, you want to be as careful with this as you can. But he came out and said. Basically, they're going to put a great number of resources into this this offseason and that they need to prepare for the inevitable, that this is going to come. And to my knowledge, he's never said anything close to this before. It's always been, oh, we'll see if the technology ever gets there is like the most positive he's ever said. You know, and a lot of the quotes are all like, well, you know, you really have to look into something like that because it fundamentally changes the game. Right. <laughs> and so what, with this just being what I love most about it is he said, we have to devote our resources to doing it right. That shows proactivity toward whether you feel it's inevitable and it's being forced on you or not, 
you have to do it well. You have to do it right. And I've often argued when people bring up the technology, I say, as long as MLB doesn't drag their feet, the technology will be there. So what I heard from the commission today was we're not dragging our feet anymore. That's what I heard today from the commissioner. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm so beside myself excited for this. It's just, it's just a long time coming. I mean, it, it really is. I mean, uh, and I think, you know, as horrible as the officiating was the entirety of the postseason this year, I, I think it'll end up being a good thing. Um, congrats, to the Na- congrats to the Nats, by the way. <laughs> Congratulations to the Nationals. <laughs> yeah, for winning the World Series. Um, but I think it'll end up being a really good thing for this this league because it's a long time coming and while the officiating was sometimes i mean just painful to watch this this postseason especially in the world series um you know if it if it took one bad year of officiating like this you know in a massive public eye to get things changed i think that's all you can ask for i i totally agree and i do still think you know let's all pump our brakes a little bit it's probably going to be a year or two before we Start seeing this maybe by next year. It's in some of the lower levels of the minors. Uh, but even then, I mean, then heck, we'd have something it, to talk about. Test it in the Pioneer League. Like, I, why not? Right? Starting next year, let's go. Yeah. You know, I'd like to see it in spring training a little bit. You know, maybe. maybe yeah. Um, and, of course, I want it to come as soon as possible. But it does have to be done right. It should probably be done slowly. You don't want to leave anybody behind with this thing. Um but it, it looks like we've sort of turned the corner from should we do this to what's the best way to do this? Yeah. Yeah, and I think there's – well, and like you said, man, it's just the, like, devoting resources to it, which they haven't done in the past. Right. It's always just been ethereal. Oh, we're talking about it. And so, I mean, I'm just excited that they're – even looking at it, because it's just such a long, it's been, it's such a long time coming. I mean, when the technology exists and you can make the game more accurate and it's really that easy, why not? Right, right. <laughs> uh, the, the, the time has come. And that was basically what he, what he said. Or, or he said the time is going to come and we yeah. need to be ready for that. And I was like, all right, cool. Let's go. Well, I mean, I, I don't have much more to say on it other than I'm excited. So, <laughs> Yeah, me neither. That, that's basically all there is to say about that. I hope your report on the baseballs is thorough, and we'll have to talk about that more uh, later. I, we don't, we'll have to dive into that on a future one because they haven't been transparent about a lot of this stuff. So maybe this is just good news in general that mm. the commissioner's office is going to be a bit more transparent about all of these issues. I'm looking very much forward to to reading the report on the baseballs and whether or not anything is going to be done with that. Maybe he's going to be a bit more proactive. Winning me back over. I've been very critical of the commissioner. Um, this was well done today. Good day for the commissioner of Major League Baseball who needed one. Good good day for, I, I would honestly just say, good. it's a good day for baseball fans. For sure. Absolutely. And, and fans of transparency in sports. Absolutely. That was who I said won. I don't. Think, I don't think I've ever won the week on. The, oh no, maybe I did one time. Maybe I convinced people to vote for some. Like the Rockies had a decent week for me, but on the yeah, Denver Sports I Podcast, remember, yeah. uh, I I tried to get people to vote for transparency and sports winning the week last week. I don't think they bought it, <laughs> but for me, it does. It doesn't help that the Avs were really good at the time. Yeah, the Avs have a crazy avid. Well, they Twitter need to pick base. it back up. 
Oh, yeah. We'll see you tonight. We'll see you tonight. Hopefully, we'll see you down there. Thanks, everyone, for joining in for this one. Make sure you're following us on social media at DNVR underscore Rockies, at Drew Creaseman, at Kel Sorbo. Uh, also, at Patrick DuLyons wasn't able to be with us here today. He is also doing that hockey. So, sorry he that is. there's so much hockey around on your baseball <laughs> podcast. We'll, we'll be doing mostly baseball, of course, throughout this entire offseason. Make sure you've subscribed to DNVR. Uh, if you haven't yet and you want to use that promo code DREW, I would really appreciate it. You could help me win some free beers. Do you have a promo code? I do not. You didn't, I didn't. You, I, did. I wasn't full-time at the time. So uh, use use that promo code DREW. I'll, I'll give him a plug today. There you uh, go. And, uh, baseball fans, keep your uh, eyes on the lookout. We're doing a ton of off-season content um, now that the guys have uh, more time. A ton of video content. These live pods are going to be most likely at least once a week, and we're going to be coming out with uh, live content, not live content, video content, probably once a week throughout the off season. So yeah, be excited. Least, be yeah. on the lookout for type of that type of stuff. It's going to be exciting. Uh, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Until then, we hope you continue to be absolutely awesome. We will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman and Kale Sorbo. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark. Diamond Club Baseball has produced elite athletes for 10 years now and is even trusted by your Colorado Rockies to run their scout team program. Diamond Club is based right here in Denver and their goal is to treat player development just like it's a minor league organization so that your child can be set up for the ultimate success. Everyone works together to make sure that everyone's getting the proper instruction that they need to help youth athletes grow and to become great ball players yet enjoy the game. That's why I have my son playing with Diamond Club because it's it's a great way to really show them they're, they're learning baseball the right way. That was Sean. As he mentioned, his son plays on a Diamond Club team. They offer multiple summer camps, private lessons, high school teams, and youth competitive teams. Plus, their prices are more affordable than their competition. Diamond Club has very fair price. You know, when you kind of pay and know that all fees for the tournaments, fields, uniforms, and instruction are taken care of as well as getting access to some of the things that other programs don't offer like entire team instruction and fitness programs you know the whole package to really make sure that a ball player ends up a well-rounded youth athlete believe us when we tell you that after experiencing the knowledge positive attitude work ethic and fun that their summer camps provide your child will want to play on one of their teams check out diamondclubbaseball.net today to learn more